So a movie review, this is something different for me. And some fair warning, if you're a fellow atheist who came here expecting me to rip apart this movie just because it's religious, you may be disappointed. And if you're a Christian who came here looking to get upset at an atheist for unfairly trashing a Christian movie, you may also be disappointed. Surprisingly, even though I'm a non-believer, I actually do really like some religious movies. Two of my favorites are the old Franco Zeffirelli miniseries, Jesus of Nazareth, and on the other end of the Jesus movie spectrum, the infamous and controversial Last Temptation of Christ. And it's kind of surprising that these are my favorite two movies, because both exemplify one of my pet peeves, the whitewashing of biblical movies. And I don't necessarily have an ethical problem with white Europeans being cast as Semitic people. Uh, it's not like I think uh, white actors are stealing their jobs. It's more that it just interferes with my suspension of disbelief. It disrupts the movie's sense of reality for me. And Risen suffers from this whitewashing a bit too, which I'll discuss a little later. So first I'll say up front that I actually enjoyed the movie to a degree. It was entertaining and compelling enough that it held my attention from beginning to end. There was no twiddling of my thumbs or praying for death. It actually, it seemed to go by pretty quickly. I actually had some fun watching it. Regarding the production value, um, and for context, I was watching it at home, not in a theater. I felt like, despite the fact that it was released by Columbia and had a $20 million budget, it almost had a, a made-for-TV feel to it, maybe on par with the Bible miniseries, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just personally felt that it didn't have that big, polished Hollywood feel to it. So the basic premise of the movie is, and tune out now if you don't like spoilers, that a Roman tribune played by Joseph Fiennes, uh, Ray Fiennes' brother, who you may remember from Shakespeare and Love, and he also played Merlin in the short-lived TV series Camelot, which I used to enjoy watching, uh, is charged with finding the body of Jesus, played by Cliff Curtis. Well, Cliff Curtis doesn't just play Jesus' body, he plays Jesus. Who you may know from Fear of the Walking Dead. I'll refrain from engaging in any cheap zombie jokes. The movie starts off during the crucifixion, but the first scene following a brief opening featuring the main character in some kind of home or tavern in the desert focuses on a military confrontation between a group of Romans led by Tribune Clavius, Joseph Fine's character, and a group of Jewish zealots, including the recently released Barabbas, the murderer released in Jesus' stead according to the biblical narrative, unless it's supposed to be a different Barabbas, the movie doesn't really say. After winning the battle, Clavius is summoned before Pilate, who orders him to oversee the crucifixion, which is already underway. And it's at this point that we first meet the character of Jesus. He's already expired on the cross, and there's this really eerie, open-eyed stare on his face. We see the iconic moment when his side is punctured with a spear or lance in an attempt to make sure that he's truly dead. Interestingly, the crucifixion is depicted with washers being used along with the usual long nails. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that before. I know there's a lot of ongoing scholarly debate regarding the nature of crucifixion. And I should add that around the same time, we get our first miracle of the film. I believe when Clavius is getting ready to depart for the crucifixion, that an earthquake coinciding with Christ's death takes place. 
Tribune Clavius is ordered to oversee the burial of the body. The stone is rolled in front of the tomb, and for good measure it's crossed with ropes and covered in wax seals. Clavius posts two guards nearby, but they shirk their duties and decide to get wasted. It's implied that they slept through the following events, but we learn later that they witnessed the opening of the tomb but were paid by the Sanhedrin to change their story. Clavius arrives on the scene and finds an open tomb, the ropes looking as if they had been blown apart. The body is missing, but left behind is the burial shroud, which is depicted as what we know as the Shroud of Turin. Clavius tries to skeptically shrug it off as an imprint, probably left by herbs and whatnot used during the preparation of the body. And now the fevered search for the body begins. At one point, Clavius interviews or interrogates the Apostle Bartholomew and Hello Whitey. This is one of those moments I was talking about earlier that take me right out of the reality of the movie. We have this first century Jew who not only has a lily white complexion, but also speaks with a thick, almost cockney accent. Hello, Govna. I don't know why filmmakers do this. Really, you couldn't find some brown, Semitic-looking dude who was willing to play good old Bartholomew. Some of the apostles did seem well cast, on the other hand. I thought the actor who was cast as Simon Peter was a good fit. Even some of the Romans were kind of whitewashed, I thought. I thought Joseph Fiennes made a good Roman for some reason, but his assistant, or whatever the proper Roman term is, was really Anglo-looking with blonde hair and blue eyes. Kind of remind me of uh, Jason Siwa, that actor. Then again, supposedly there were some fair-complexioned individuals in the classical world. Uh, according to some accounts, Alexander may have been fair-haired, and I think Suetonius or Suetonius describes Augustus as having had uh, hair the color of straw. Hell, I'm mostly Italian, and look at me. Oh, I almost forgot this one scene that I made note of. Clavius is investigating the disappearance of the body, and he's looking for Mary Magdalene. There's this kind of visual joke where he inquires to a room full of men if they know of her, and almost everyone raises their arm uh, or hand, suggesting that she's a prostitute and they've all been intimate with her. But there's no evidence that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, repentant or otherwise. This idea is a medieval invention with no basis in the Gospels. But back to our story. So eventually, following a lead, Clavius finds the upper room where the apostles are hiding. He makes to enter the room, but is frozen with surprise when he sees Jesus, who he saw dead on the cross, sitting with his apostles with a welcoming smile on his face. Clavius tries not to draw attention to what he's discovered and orders his men to stand down. He sits in the room watching Jesus interact with his apostles, looking in awe as Jesus shows his wounds. And I should say I did like Cliff Curtis as Jesus. He's not Semitic. He's actually Maori, I believe. But his look makes for a convincing first century Jew. I found it a bit odd for some reason that Jesus' wounds were so shallow. They were basically just reddish marks on the surface of the skin. Mutant healing factor, I guess. I'm kind of used to the deep wounds that we usually see in art and in cinema. Plus, in the Gospels, doesn't Thomas put his hand in the wound? At this point in the movie, things really shift for the main character. Clavius goes from being a prestigious tribune to a fugitive on the run. Confused and moved by all he's seen, he decides to leave his command and follow the apostles as they set out to meet with Jesus once again. And I should mention that I like how they chose to use the Hebrew name Yeshua instead of Jesus in the movie. Added a little pinch of authenticity. 
So Clavius, still not fully convinced or trusting of the apostles yet, falls them at a distance, and at one point accidentally slices Simon Peter's leg open with his sword, mistaking him for an assailant. Eventually, Clavius becomes one of the gang, and they even all go fishing together. They meet up with Jesus, Yeshua again. I believe their meeting place is by the Sea of Galilee, where the apostles were originally recruited, I think. Clavius witnesses yet another miracle when Jesus heals a leper. After spending time with the apostles and even sharing words with Clavius, Jesus bids his followers to make disciples of all men and with a Dragon Ball Z-esque blast of energy ascends back to heaven. Clavius and Peter share some final words. Peter invites the former tribune to become one of them and help spread the gospel, but good-naturedly still struggling to reconcile all he's witnessed, Clavius more or less declines and sets off on his own. The final scene takes place in the same small hovel or home or tavern, whatever it was, where it began, with Clavius removing his tribune's ring and leaving it behind. So a final word on Joseph Fine's performance. He's received some negative reviews, some saying that his performance was too stiff or stoic. I actually really liked his performance, and stoic, well, kind of makes sense for a Roman officer. So this has been my review of Risen. I hope it seems at least somewhat fair, especially given the fact that I'm a godless non-believer. I didn't think it was great, but it wasn't bad either. Not high praise, I know, but I enjoyed it well enough, and I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. Uh, remember, Hollywood, more Semites sands the Cockney accents. All right.